And welcome into the Rocks Pile Rockies Report. I'm Noah Yingling, one of the co-experts of Rocks Pile. And as always, I'm joined by my friend and fellow co-expert, Kevin Henry, who is at Coors Field. Kevin, how are you? Hey, Noah, doing well. Uh, here on Friday night, right after the Rockies record a 7-4 victory over the San Francisco Giants. And like I was telling you before we came on, honestly, one of the best all-around performances outside of a Lucas Gilbert hiccup uh, whenever he came in in relief. But take that out, and this was probably the best all-around performance that we've seen for quite some time out of this team. And they definitely needed it. They did, yeah. St. Louis was a train wreck, and I know we're going to talk about that here in a minute. But I can tell you, walking into the clubhouse today, uh, you you'd got the feeling that they needed a game like this tonight. Uh, you know, Antonio Senzatella out with an ACL tear. Uh, Charlie Blackman unavailable tonight because of a hamstring issue. Uh, there were a lot of things that went wrong in St. Louis, but a lot of things went right tonight. And I think they, this was a night they really needed that to happen. Yeah, especially after um, Senzatella's injury, which if you haven't heard, and we've updated the site with um, Senzatella's out for the rest of the year. Uh, yep. Torn ACL. Um, can't say I'm surprised on that. Um, Blackman, it was hamstring there in St. Louis. Both were removed in the second inning of the uh, series finale, which not exactly the pinnacle of great baseball in that no. game. No, the Rockies since 2016 are two in 20 in St. Louis. Suboptimal, yeah. Kevin. Suboptimal. Sub, suboptimal. You know, we we've alluded to on this broadcast a few times. Look at the schedule. How St. Louis is a, a haunted house. It's a it's a bad place for the Rockies, and that really narrows it down and and like you said and i think they mentioned on the broadcast the other day they haven't won a series there since 09 so it's it's been a while let's just say 2009 yeah yeah a little bit of difference there <laughs> but but luckily that's in the rearview mirror and you know they've got a really ro tough road trip coming up with new york atlanta and cincinnati but i think for tonight they're very comfortable knowing that at least for one night here at Coors they they look like the team that everybody thought well maybe they could be whenever this whole season started yeah and the Rockies are I mean we've already discussed this of course they aren't going to say it publicly but they they've been out of contention for two months now sure. and since uh since the trade deadline Honestly, it's before today it was probably the worst baseball they played all year. And that that really tells you something because they've played a lot of bad baseball this year. And there's no yeah. other way around it. There, there's not. And and this has been a different Rockies team since the all-star break. You know, we we've talked about that on previous podcasts, but if you look at what CJ Crone has not done at the plate, how Connor Joe has sunk. Uh, you know, now they're trying to really figure out the rotation with Chad Cool having been out and now Antonio Senzatella going to be out. Uh, this is really something we've talked at length about the, the lack of depth with the Rockies in pitching. And had Senzatella's injury happened maybe a week ago, I think it really would have been a, a huge fire alarm knowing that both Cool and Senzatella would be unavailable for the rotation. With the win... The Rockies are nine and 19 since the all-star break. CJ Crone entering today since the all-star break was hitting 178. Two homers, 11 RBI in 25 games. Yeah. 
Yeah, and and I will say if you watch the game tonight, and again recording this Friday night after the Giants uh, win against the Giants, I should say, the double that was really the thing that put the Giants back into contention. It was a hard hit ball down the first base line, but CJ's reaction was very slow to it. And we all kind of noticed in the press box that that ball was by him before he even decided to try to dive for it. So, you know, the, the defense hasn't been up to par either while he's been struggling with the plate as well. And overall in the season, he's been a decent defender, yep. but in an ideal world, you'd be able to DH him more. But as we've talked about, Blackman's a DH. Grich yep. should probably be a DH. Connor Joe, at this point, depending on the position, okay. And should he even be a DH? Because he's not hitting right now. Bryant was a DH for a little bit because he was playing injured. Montero could be a DH. Yep. You, you have so many guys right now that should be a DH because they aren't playing well defensively, but the problem is they aren't hitting well either. No. And tonight, you know, Montero served as the DH pair of homers, five RBIs, big night for him, obviously. Uh, and CJ was playing at first base and there was some talk in the press box about, could that have been flipped, you know, and will we see that start to be flipped more you know, Montero's going to get the at-bats and they're going to have to figure out what to do with it. And so I think you're going to see some more time at first base. And as you said, maybe CJ moving into the DH role. And something with Crone in general this year, and this was actually talked about a little bit. I remember specifically last year, it was in Cincinnati because I happened to be there where Bud Black had said at the time, there's sometimes where CJ is a little bit too, uh, it has too much of a good eye at the plate where he's, he's not aggressive enough. And he sometimes he needs to expand the zone just slightly to hit singles, doubles, whatever, to just get hits where, especially because he didn't have the protection behind him. So he was walking a decent amount last year. He had an on-base percentage of 375. This year it's been the exact opposite. He's walked 32 times his on-base percentage is now down to 325. So that's another thing with him where he's he's kind of regressed in that aspect. Even though he was an all-star this year, last year he still had a very good season. And that was that's the thing where he's he's regressed a little bit at the plate overall on the year at this point because last year at overall encompassing 131 OPS plus. This year it's down to 117. Yeah, and the thing, you know, again, tonight we were reminded that, you know, Daniel Bard comes in, nails down his 25th save of the season. And in hindsight, was it something that Daniel Bard should have been Colorado's all-star? He certainly put up the numbers before the break. He's put up the numbers after the break. I know there was a lot of talk about the extension uh, right before the trade deadline expired. And was that a good move or not for the Rockies? So far, Bard's been spot on whenever he's been asked to, to come in. He was tonight. Um, and I think that it's something that we'll talk about for, you know, in the near future about should this have been the year that Bard made the all-star game. And it'll be the year that we talk about if it wasn't for April, 
Brendan Rodgers would have been their all-star. Oh, my gosh. You know, the, the play that he made tonight, if you all get a chance to check out the defensive highlights, he made, a, he made an amazing defensive play at second base to snuff out what could have been a, a, a bigger inning for the Giants. They didn't score that inning thanks to him making that third out at, at second base. But it's also something that you look at what he's doing defensively, and he is one of the contenders for the gold glove at second base right now. He's leading all second base when the defensive run saved at the moment. And, and I think that that's something that's not being talked about right now enough is how, yeah, he broke out of his slump at the plate, but what he's done in the field since then as well has really put him in contention that maybe he's going to earn some hardware. And that's one thing in general with the Rockies, we can, uh, there's, I, there's so many things that we can talk about where they progress this year. And we've, we've talked about that a ton. In the first six to eight weeks of the year, they were an atrocious, atrocious defensive team. One of the worst teams in baseball. I mean, it was essentially the Rockies and the Phillies, and the Phillies always stink. They'll make the playoffs. I'm going to make a hot take right now. The Phillies are going to make the playoffs, and then they're going to be classic Phillies, and they're going to lose their play whatever playoff series due to defense, but right. I, I regress. I, 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 that's a story for another time. So for the Rockies, since then, they've gotten way better. Even yep. with Ryan McMahon. Okay. He's got, he's got 13 airs on the year. Rogers has 10 airs on the year. And, th- and that's one thing where if you're looking at airs, you're like, Oh, in the average mid, probably even below average, but with the range on the plays. Yeah. That's a big thing. Yep. And that's why the two of them combined have 25 defensive runs saved this year. Yeah. Say what you will about the offensive side of things. And, and you're right. The ironic part is I think the Rockies hit rock bottom defensively during that series in Philadelphia uh, back in yep. April. Now, so I think maybe the Phillies rubbed off on them or something. I don't know. But, but it was something that you're right. They've turned things around. And, and Rodgers has really become – a very quiet leader on this team. And, and I think that it's very interesting to see just the, the metamorphosis of him behind the scenes as well, because he's now a guy that others are actually looking to, to make the big play whenever it's needed or to get the big hit whenever it's needed. And I think that that's something that if we had talked about that in April, that confidence certainly wouldn't have been there. No. And for good reason. I mean, as we've discussed yeah. the end of April, he was hitting 077 or something like that. There. Yep. It was not even close. Entering today, he was hitting 283, 335, 430. And his OPS plus was 105. That was tied for second highest on the team among players with at least 200 plate appearances. The only person ahead of him was Crone. And and right now, if you say in a clutch situation, would you rather have Crone or Rogers at the plate? You want yeah. Rodgers and I. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not honestly sure who you take over Rodgers right now. If you needed a hit, maybe, maybe Iglesias. I was going to say, if it's uh, on the road, I will take Iglesias. Yep. If it's at yep. Coors Field, I will take Brendan Rodgers. <laughs> so you know, in that middle infield, again, I I was not a big believer in Iglesias before the season, but I will tell you, he's been very solid defensively. Offensively, that batting average is up among the NL leaders. And like you said, on the road, he's even better than he is, of course. 
So he's he has been the middle infield has been a, been a very positive thing for the Rockies this season. And um, that's some uh, that's another thing we can get into for a second is of all the players that and nationally we've discussed before of how people are just baffled, baffled that pretty much the majority of the Rockies pitchers pitch better at Coors Field. Mm-hmm. So, and, and the narrative is that offensively they're better. CJ Crone, way better at Coors Field. Oh yeah, sure. But you look at Jose Iglesias, he's hitting 355 on the road and he's hitting 272 at Coors. And that was entering uh, Friday. Yep. And that away number is down. He was hitting over 400 on the road for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, the St. Louis series, I think, knocked that down a lot. But, but yeah, he is the antithesis, shall we say, for everything that you hear about guys who go to Denver and then go on the road. And, you know, and Iglesias said from the very beginning, you know, he's been very adamant that he doesn't notice that difference whenever he leaves Denver. But he also has said, I haven't played here enough to really know what to look for in that difference. So, you know, his comfort level on the road, whatever he's doing, I wish the rest of the team would be able to translate over as well. You know, with that difference, it's really just unexplainable. And you know what that means, Kevin? I I have a feeling, but I want you to say it. So there you go. That's baseball. You know, I've heard that a time or two. So (laughs) you've probably heard that about three times today. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll be honest in, in Bud's talk, and, and we're going to talk right after the break here in a minute about the injuries and what that means for the Rockies. But I will, I will tell you, it was a little bit of a somber day. So I didn't hear of that space ball once today. I got to be honest with you. Is there any post game? There was a post game. And, and I will tell you, um, it was, it was very uh, businesslike, shall we say, hmm. even after the win. So there you go. Interesting. So, but yeah, the rotation has taken a certain shakeup. We're going to talk a little bit about that after the break here on the Rockspile Rockies Report. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., And Kevin Henry back alongside Noah Yingling. We are the co-experts for Rocks Pile. Thank you for joining us on this podcast. You know, news came down earlier today here at Coors Field that Antonio Senzatella, well, one of the starting pitchers for the Rockies, uh, had a left ACL tear. He is out for at least six months. So if you do the math in your head, that means that he will be back pitching for the Rockies about the time that pitchers and catchers report to spring training around Valentine's Day next year. 
And Noah, it could have been, as we mentioned before the break, it could have been a lot worse had this injury happened while Chad Cool was also on the injured list early on in his stint. Uh, Chad Cool is scheduled to pitch Saturday in Albuquerque for his rehab, and the Rockies expect him back early next week so that he can fill Sensatella's spot in the rotation. But it brings to light that whole, if that had happened, the Rockies would have been sunk knowing they've got to figure out what to do with starting pitching, and perhaps they would have gone to a four-man rotation for a while. And that, that speaks to two things. One, they have no depth. No, there's zero depth, period. Nothing. Zilch, not it. It's not there. Two, Sensatella's gone for the year. Last year, it was Austin Gomber that was gone for the year. 2020, it was John Gray that was gone for the year after he, for, it was what ended up being the last half of the season with the 60 game schedule, a little bit more than half, actually. 2019, same thing where, as we've discussed recently, they had to bring in Tim Melville because they had no depth because they had all these starting pitching injuries at the end of the year. And even in 2018, where, okay, they were a little bit healthier, but they still had guys that definitely wore down, down the stretch. Yep. So this is yet another problem of, okay, this is your quote-unquote strength, but as Bud Black talked about during his pregame, they have these guys because they think they're durable. Yep. Overall, the rotation has not been all that durable. And when you have no depth, that's why the starting pitching staff has not pitched well overall in the year. Part of that is regression is just general regression as well, but that's why the team's not competing. Yeah, this is an off season and I, and I feel like we say this most years, but I think this is going to be an off season that the Rockies have to figure out how to get some more starting pitching. It's that simple. You don't know what Chad cool is going to do. Uh, I would be surprised if he's not brought back next year by the Rockies at this point with uh, Urania it's very possible he'll be back in the fold next year as well for the Rockies, but they have to get some guys who can maybe even be better than those two right there and slot into the middle to the back half of the rotation, because you're exactly right. What we saw with Sensatella and, you know, the minute it happened, I think everybody who was watching that game knew it was a serious injury. And so, you know, the, you know, and, and, Bud Black literally, whenever we were talking about injuries earlier, literally knocked on wood in the Rockies dugout. Because if something were to happen to Kyle or Herman or uh, Austin at this point, because uh, he will go back into the rotation, you know, you really have to wonder what would it take for the Rockies? Because as you said, there's not really anybody waiting in AAA that they can move right up. I don't think that they're comfortable enough bringing up a Noah Davis or anybody like that from Hartford either. So I think what you've got at your disposal right now is what the Rockies are going to run, run with, with their rotation for the rest of the year, unless more injuries happen and they are forced to do something. Yeah. Where, and mind you, there is no waiver trade period as well. 
So they literally cannot trade for anybody. The only way they can get players from another team is if players are DFA'd and the Rockies are able to claim them. Yep. Or they sign them via free agency. It's the only way. Yeah. So I don't expect any, you know, uh, Denelson Lamette moves or anything like that, obviously, because they can't be done. So yeah. it's going to be the offseason until we hear about how the Rockies are going to restack. And something that was said really interesting today as we were talking to Bud before the game, uh, Helcris Oliveras, who is expected to be a guy who could provide depth, Bud made it very clear that he's having shoulder issues and is not going to be available for some time. Uh, Peter Lambert is still not available to get started back. Ryan Rawlison, you know, all these guys who it was, well, we've got them. Well, they're not there now. Yeah. And so this is something that if you're a Rockies fan, you have to make sure that Herman and Kyle are wrapped in bubble wrap just about every time they go out there. By the way, since uh, this was before Friday's game, since July 1st, can you guess what the Rockies starter ERA was? And can you guess where they were ranked? Since July 1st? Uh, I, I will give you a hint. It, was, it is north of five. Yeah, I was going to say, isn't it like 5.4 something? 568. Okay. And I think that if I saw that's 29th or 28th? 28th. There you go. The Red Sox, which stick a fork in them, and the yeah. Nationals, you could have stuck a fork in them in 2020. Well, uh, <laughs> Patrick Corbin skews that tremendously for the Nationals. There's no doubt Hence about why it. their starter ERA is more than a run higher than any other team yep. in that span. Thank you, Patrick Corbin. Yeah, for sure. X83 ERA in that span. Yeah. That's yeah, not yeah. just him. That's the overall. <laughs> if you're Dave Martinez, you're just like, well, we're just going to have to beat people 10 to 9. That's just all we got to do. So, And the problem is they don't have the talent to do that. Nope. Not now, for sure. And why they're on pace to lose 108 games. <laughs> so I, I think that it, it, it's very apparent and maybe – you know, and this is going to sound horrible to say, but maybe Sensatella's injury will be the thing that really wakes up the Rockies to we've got to do more in the offseason to to boost the the pitching depth. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We're not going to know that for a couple of months at least, uh, but it's something that at least I think it's something worth watching as the offseason really gets into high gear. And something to note as well is right before the trade deadline, obviously we know now that they – did not do anything but bill schmidt was considering being a buyer at the time yep and he said if there's anything that we would buy on quote you always need more pitching and he's not wrong you know and and in hindsight cj crone would have been a-okay to have traded maybe for some starting pitching yeah you know uh and, and again, that's yeah. something I think we could talk about as well is, and I would love to hear what Bill Schmidt thinks now that we're nearly three weeks after the trade deadline, even if it was off the record, I, I don't think he would ever say, Oh, I wish I would have traded player X yeah. and player Y and player Z, yeah. but okay. it's, it's a great. What if of what if he would have traded Crone? What if you would have traded Iglesias? Gritchick. Uh, yeah. What if I, you, even some of the others, like the relievers, 
Estevez, if Shasin was uh, healthy at the time, which he wasn't, um, if you were able to trade him. Yeah, it is a what if uh, scenario for sure. But as you said, they didn't. So this this is the hand that they're dealt. And it's going to be something that, yeah, if another injury were to happen, uh, I think you're really going to see some very creative things happen. I mean, uh, a Chassin could well be pushed back into a, you know, three or four inning role and they go into some kind of opener. They could go with a four man rotation. You know, um, there's a lot of things that they would have to figure out. And if you're Bud Black right now, you're just hoping that that doesn't happen. Um, if an injury happens, will Bud Black or Daryl Scott make a pitching appearance? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, it's very possible. I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> I think Bud wishes he'd been in there tonight instead of Lucas Gilbreth uh, whenever the Giants were starting to rally a little bit. So it's very possible. <laughs> You know, and, and uh, we had one person ask us tonight about Riley Pint because uh, Riley Pint has moved his way up, you know, a long uh, story there uh, for him. The former, uh, you know, first round draft pick for the Rockies, retired for a little bit, came back, has really been pitching very well. And somebody asked, could Riley Pint step into a starting role? Well, the Rockies have converted him to a reliever. So that's not an option either. Uh, you know, so I think that there may be help at the back end of the bullpen, but if you need help at the front, there's, there's just few options that they could actually do. And those options who may, and I'm underlining that may be available. They would have to actually add to the 40 man roster to be a part of things too. Yeah. And as you were talking about of adding to the back end of the rotation, yes, but you need an ace. Sure. That's another problem, the Rockies, they do not have an ace. No. You know, there was, a, uh, excuse me, there was an interesting thing going on around on Twitter today about uh, with the wild card game coming up and, you know, three, three game wild card, you know, round this year. Who would your top three pitchers be if you're Toronto or Baltimore or Minnesota or some of those teams that are competing for the wild card? And I got to thinking, who would be the top three for the Rockies? If they were in that position, who would you start game one right now? Hell of a question. <laughs> yeah, it is. I'm you not know, confident I mean, in any of them. Uh, I'm not confident yeah. in any of them. I mean, you would think that Marquez and Freeland would be, would be your one, too. But I don't know who you'd throw out there first as the this is our game one starter to get us off on the right foot because, unfortunately, those guys have both had great moments this season, and they both had moments when it was like, What's going on with them, too? The Rockies do not have a starting pitcher that's above league average right now. Yeah. That's the problem. That's it, a problem. Let's talk about real quick another problem, and that is uh, Chris Bryant. And this is something, you know, I think everybody's just kind of shoved it to the side, but I can tell you as we went down to the clubhouse tonight, uh, Chris was leaving still in a walking boot. Uh, Chris, uh, you know, said, hello, kept going. We kept going. Uh, but Bud Black did say earlier, of course, he's still getting treatment, still in the boot. So really there hasn't been a lot of progress with that. And I think that that's something that, you know, Rockies fans should just be aware of is that I don't know if he's going to be back this season. 
Now, nothing has been said about that, but as slow as this has been so far, and we are at August 19th as we record this, if he were to be back by Labor Day, great. But if he's not available then, do you even bring him back this season? Or do you just say, rest, be healthy for spring training next year? By the way, it's uh, in the Eastern time zone, as we're recording this, it's August 20th. So, so see, it's the clock's even ticking more. Absolutely. <laughs> so, because um, it was funny, because I was talking about Friday's game, and I'm like, I always get days of the week mixed up. And I looked up at my calendar, and it said Saturday. I'm like, wait, I know it's it's, it's 12:30 something. So, uh, it's no, it was on, it was on uh, Friday. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but with the Rockies, honestly, I. I have a feeling this off season, I mean, we've said how they need to get uh, rotation help, but they need to get offensive help too. There's no doubt about that. Sure. You can't have four guys that are hitting above league average and have one of them in Chris Bryant be out for three quarters of the year. Cause, and I, I think I said this on the last podcast, I think he's done for the year. I mean, there's, there's no point of restarting him up when, you have that on the field. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's, there's no point if you're in a pennant race. Okay. If you're even close. Okay. You're not. So, but the thing with them, this off season, I have a feeling that they're going to use the excuse of, well, we were close to a 500 team when Chris Bryant played. Right. So as long as he's healthy, we're good. No, you're not. 20, yeah. 22 in the 42 games he's played that, uh, that's not something you should be looking to achieve well and let's look at when chris bryant was playing because chris bryant was playing whenever cj crone was also hitting the ball when connor joe was also doing well exactly. so there, it was more than just chris bryant being in the lineup and i agree with you completely i think it's something that great chris bryant's coming back that's fantastic how are you going to support him uh, with some, and, and I agree with you, there's gotta be some new blood and the Rockies have some big decisions to make this off season as well with guys who aren't on the 40 man roster who are, aren't going to be protected as, as it stands right now. So there's going to be a lot of roster shuffle. I think this off season, just to get some of those new guys on the 40 man to be protected. There should be at least, or in the words of Dick Monfort, they, they should have started cutting bait two years ago. Better late than never, but will this be the offseason that they finally do it? I I honestly think it's possible. The more that you – and we don't have time to get into it on this podcast, but the more that you look at the guys who need to be protected and how many roster spots that's taking, yeah, they're going to have to cut bait or else it is literally going to be here's the same thing we had and roll it back into 2023. Something that I think it, that is um, very interesting – is we had talked in recent weeks of how Garrett Hampson had kind of improved on the season, especially yep. at the plate. Yep. Um, that is gone. Last 13 games, eight starts for him. This is going back to July 27th. Yep. That tells you one thing. Okay, he's he'll he's fast, but he hasn't stolen a ton of bases this year. He is three for his last 31. 
with no extra base hits, hitting 097. Yeah, there, there's not a lot of, if you look at the bench, you know, there, there's not a lot of guys that you can put in there and say, well, here's where our offense is going to come from right now. Yeah. You know, Mont- Montero's swinging a really hot bat right now. Fantastic. Ride him. Could Connor Joe snap out of something? Here's hoping he did tonight with his home run. By the way, it was his first home run, and let me make sure I've got this right because I was really stunned. Do you know the last time that he hit a home run before tonight? I, probably sometime in June. June 7th okay. was the last time before tonight. And so, you know, that's something that, to be honest with you, not that you expect Connor Joe to be Mr. Uh, you know, Mr. Power, but it's got to be more than that. Yeah. So. And in general with the Rockies, Bud Black has said this too. So the Rockies know this. Yeah. Matter of whether they address it or not. That's that's the thing. Where last year we had talked about how this is the first time in forever, really, that they haven't had somebody with 30 homers and 100 RBI. Yeah. That's happening again this year. Because CJ Crone, the way he's been hitting, he's got 23 homers. He's he's not getting to 30. He's got 80 RBI. He's not getting to 100. Behind like him it. in both categories, second in both categories, is Charlie Blackman. It's yep. 16 and 67. And by the way, we mentioned Charlie at the very start. Let's just remind everybody, day-to-day with a hamstring, he did not start tonight, and Bud gave him the day off because the lefty was on the mound for San Francisco. Tomorrow with a righty on the mound, we'll see if Charlie's back in the lineup or not. We'll see how that's progressing along. If he is in, I would assume that he would be the DH. I would assume that. Have day off. Yep. So I would assume that as well. You know, and and I thought one thing was interesting tonight, and you know, very subtle thing. But in the, I think it was the eighth inning, Connor Joe got on base and Bud Pinch ran Sam Hilliard for him. And then Sam Hilliard went out to the ninth. Now, defensive replacement, I get that completely. But it's also something that that tells me that Sam provides good defense, but we also know Sam has struggled this year offensively as well. So there's a, there's a bench player that honestly his main value right now comes on the defensive side of things. Yeah, and if you look at the team, defensive run saved, we mentioned Rodgers and McMahon. Next is Hilliard. Yep. Crone, Connor Joe is next. So, uh, well, the Rockies still have four games on this homestand, two this weekend against the Giants, then a midweek series after an off day on Monday, which, by the way, that off day probably couldn't come any better, knowing the pitching needs to be reset. Tuesday and Wednesday, the Rangers come to town, and then it is off to New York, then Atlanta, then Cincinnati on the humidity road trip. Uh, and I think that that's going to be one to really keep an eye on what the Rockies can do. So Noah, uh, we'll talk after the Rangers and before the Mets and see uh, how this homestand figured out. Yeah. And the homestand will go better than the, the road trip that I can tell you right now. <laughs> I think that's a pretty safe bet. I think that is. So Hey, we appreciate all of you listening to this podcast, and we appreciate all of you following us on Twitter at RocksPileFS. Make sure you're following us uh, and checking out what we're writing every day, new articles at RocksPile.com. Also, what Noah and I are doing for calledthepen.com and fansided's MLB site. 
So for my friend and fellow co-expert, Noe Yingling, this is Kevin Henry signing off. And as always, go Rockies. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.